Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and today I have Squid back on the pod with me, so you know we're talking NBA and Boston Celtics basketball. Squid, how are we doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing good. I'm a little nervous for the NBA playoffs. That's per usual as every year rolls around, unless it's a year that my Celtics aren't in the playoffs. But I'm nervous and I'm ready to talk sports. Hell yeah. So the NBA regular season is in the books. The Celtics end up finishing with a record of 51 and 31, which was good enough for the two seed in the Eastern Conference, which meant they had to wait a couple extra days and see how the play-in tournament shaped out. Brooklyn versus Cleveland was one of the play-in matchups. Those two played for the seven seed in the Eastern Conference. And to nobody's surprise, the Brooklyn Nets handled business easily in that one, setting up a rematch with the Celtics from last year's playoffs in the first round. So, Squid, just real quick, give me your give me your thirst for initial thoughts on how the Celtics finished the regular season and what kind of came to mind initially when you saw Brooklyn take care of business in the playing tournament and set up the rematch. Yeah, so I mean, the end of the regular season was kind of what we were expecting with the role that we saw them on. Uh, you know, the one thing I was most impressed with is the last five years, I think since 20, I think the team we loved was 2016 when I, IT was here and rolling. He had his crazy year. Uh, that team was a bunch of dogs. Like we call them the punk rock Celtics. They're a bunch of dogs. You know, every game they're giving you the hardest. They're, they're not standing down to no one. This mm-hmm. team kind of reminds me of that a little bit in the way that they were like, I don't care if we're getting Brooklyn first round. It's fine. Bring them on. We're not, du- we're not ducking no one. You got to be, you got to beat the best to be the best. So who cares if we run into Brooklyn first round? Let's play them and beat them. And that's the mentality you want to see when you have two young superstars and you have a new head coach in Ime Udoka, who seems to be just a, 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 a tough, tough edged guy who really wants, who really presses his players to be better. You know, a guy that maybe we do see around for a long time in Boston. Obviously, you know, Boston can have its wear, wearing down on people, but I just like the approach we're taking with, you know what, screw it. Let's just, let's go after him. You know, there's teams that are ducking that are ducking other teams. And what does that show you that they're not very confident? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, it, oh, sorry. And I, you asked me a second part of the question about Brooklyn. Um, I would say with Brooklyn, you know, they took care of business in the play tournament and um, they're a good team, but are they a great team? I don't know. It's, it's, at least I have a lot of questions about what the series is going to be. Yeah. And there's a lot of question marks too, in, in regards to player availability, uh, two players in particular. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But it kind of sounds like to me that you definitely didn't have a problem with the Celtics playing their starters in the season finale against Memphis rather than trying to maybe tank and lose that game and try and get like the three or the four seed. I don't think the four was ever really in play uh, going into the last day. They needed something crazy to happen. But uh, you you seem like you're, you're okay with how things shaped out on the, the final day of the regular season. Yeah. You know, cause the way I look at it, like obviously we could have tried ducking Brooklyn. Um, yeah. But the way I look at it is if you're a team that is ducking another team, are you actually a team that's a, tr- a true title contender? Do you believe you're that good at basketball? Cause if you're ducking someone, then you don't think you can beat anyone, which 
shows maybe you don't have enough confidence to win an NBA title. Because to be honest with you, winning an NBA title takes a lot of balls. It takes a yeah. lot of grit. It takes, I mean, it's a great, you know, pie in the sky thing. Like, oh, my team's talented. We can win any talented team. We'll win a bunch of games. But it takes a lot of balls and grit and being punched in the face and, you know, the game slowing down to win an NBA Finals. So who cares? Just, you know, if you think you're that good, go at them. It, it sucks with the w- way the injury situation is right now with Time Lord. I still think we're fine. I don't know. But, like, I, I, I'm okay with how they chose it because I'd rather us I'd rather us go out swinging than, you know, ducking a team and losing later and be like, oh, we made the conference. We're not playing to get to the conference finals. We're not playing to win a round. We're playing to win an NBA championship. And that's, you know, I think it's the right move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, perfect personally i would have preferred to not have to play brooklyn right off the bat with likely no robert williams available for most if not all the series Uh, that's going to be a loss that'll hurt them in ways but hopefully they've shown that even without him they still are a force to be reckoned with both on both sides of the basketball but defensively they're going to have to kind of rearrange their their alignment especially going up against star power like durant and irving uh so let's 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 get into the into the meat and bones here and let's 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 break down celtics nets if you will squid give me like a key factor for each team just to start one for the celtics and one for the nets how can each team make or break their series it's a great question um you know, I first want to, this is, it's such a weird series because the Nets have two, like, for sure one all-time player, but I think when Kyrie's all said and done, people are going to look back and be like, like you're just going to see a random clip of Kyrie every like 15 years. Like, that guy was insane. You know, those YouTube, Facebook clips that always pop up, like, oh, that guy was crazy. He was such a joy to watch. Yeah. Like, Durant and Kyrie are just two of the best shot creators ever. So, in a sense, it's like, that's tough to guard at the same time. It's Durant, Kyrie, and a whole lot of nothing. It's like on Brooklyn's side, it's like, okay, Andre Drummond can grab rebounds and dunk some balls, but at the same time, he's an absolute liability on defense, and he's like not a modern NBA center. And he's like, he's like just a defensive liability and a horrible statistic guy, like as far as like, you know, switching and plus minus and all those advanced stats. Um, like, it's not really an Andre Drummond thing. He's their main big man. And then, they have Seth Curry, who I do really like. At the same time, he is very hobbled right now. Like, he can't move at all. If you watch the Cavs playing game the other night, he was really bad. Um, well, if he's hurt, that's a big deal. And then, you know, Bruce Brown's sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not. Um, and outside of that, it's like their roster is not very good. I mean, they got a couple players here and there. It's like Ben Simmons, even if he comes back, what is, is he even going to be any good? Because he's, it's been, I mean, he's going to have to ramp up a little bit. So it's like Brooklyn is really, I don't know. It's a weird spot. Cause it's like, I obviously fear Kevin Durant anytime he steps in the basketball court and he could win any game. I mean, he did it last year. He played every single minute of every game and it's like, that's exhausting, but mm-hmm. he did it. And it terrifies me because anytime Kevin Durant's on the floor, that seems probably the best team on the floor at the same time. You know, I think the, for, for Brooklyn, the key matchup is like, I think the key factor is, is Seth Curry making threes and is Bruce Brown, like, playing his best possible game. Cause we know Durant and Irving are going to show up to like, a certain extent. Um, I think it's the role guys from Brooklyn. If any of them show up, I think it'll be a series. If no one, no, if none of Brooklyn's role guys are really showing up, then I don't think it's a series. It's as simple as that. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now on the Boston side, 
Like Boston's obviously a lot deeper. Tatum and Brown typically do show up in these big games. So I don't know if I'm too worried about Tatum and Brown, especially Tatum. I mean, he just feasts on Brooklyn every time they play Brooklyn. But I think for me, the bigger thing is like Marcus Smart has had such an amazing stretch these past three months where everyone was like, oh, let's get this guy out of town, let's trade him, whatever. To now he's some great facilitator. He's making great decisions and like he's not doing the stupid Marcus Smart things. And he's probably going to win the depoy, which is crazy. At the same time, we need him to carry that over into the playoffs because, like, we could get into these close games here and it's back to Marcus. Why did you shoot that three with the 30 seconds left in the game? Tatum's wide open or whatever it is. Like, I think it's going to come down to how Marcus Smart plays with the Celtics. Like, that's the X factor because I think our front court, even without Robert Williams, is still a earth, is, is miles and miles and miles better than the Brooklyn front court. I mean, their front court, besides Kevin Durant, who's pretty much needs to do everything for them, is not very good. So that's the X factor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. For for me with the Nets, the the question is, and you've already kind of alluded to it, is can the Nets starters survive a long series playing probably forty minutes a game, like like they did in the play in round? Like Kyrie and and Durant each played roughly forty minutes in that game, and maybe they didn't need to, but they didn't want to leave any doubts. Now last year we saw that the minutes piled up on Durant by game seven in, in that series in the semifinal round, I think it was against uh, the bucks. He just, he just ran out of gas because it was just Durant and, and he had no other help. And so if you, you could get into a situation again, like that, where the nets are just feeding Durant and Irving nonstop playing them 40 minutes a night and, it's possible that they could just run out of steam if they don't get any help from the bench. So I, I 100% agree with you. I think not only do like, it's not so much the other starters, but it's the bench. The bench has to give quality minutes. And I don't even mean like outscoring the Celtics by like some sort of margin. I mean, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets bench has to keep the game close. Like they can't have let the Celtics run away or get back into a, uh, a game that they're way behind in just because they had to give Durant and or Irving a break. like those that can't happen if the Nets want to win this series. And the longer this series goes, I think it favors the Celtics because they are the deeper team for Boston. Yeah, go ahead. I, I agree though. I think the only formula for success for Brooklyn is hoping Boston's just absolutely cold and playing bad basketball. And it's a short series for Brooklyn because you know, in my opinion, it's I, I don't, it's just my opinion, but I really do think that this year's Boston team, with how well they're playing at their peak, is better than where Milwaukee was last year. And last year, Brooklyn had a little bit more on their roster than they do right now, which makes me believe that, like, I don't even think Brooklyn's where they were last year when they lost to Milwaukee in that in that series, like. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't, and I think that makes it, like, even if Brooklyn makes it by this series, like, they're Durant and Irving are going to have to play every single minute of every game. They're going to be dead by the time they play Milwaukee, and Milwaukee's going to trample them, which is actually, just so everyone knows, that's my worst nightmare. I, unfortunately, live in Wisconsin, and I have a bunch of Bucks fans around me every single day, just, you know, how great they are. And it's like, I don't know. I've watched them all year long, and I don't think they're that great personally. They're fine. They're good. But like, I, my worst, my biggest fear is us is us losing to Brooklyn in seven games, and it's an absolutely like 
just gut-wrenching series up from for both sides where the stars are playing so many minutes. And then Milwaukee just sweeps Chicago and gets to just feast on a dead Brooklyn team. I mean, that's my that's my worst fear. And also I with that being said, I do think this the there's a big Kyrie Irving factor in this where Kyrie was on the Celtics and there's gonna be a lot of camaraderie for the home games in Boston, obviously, as yep. we know. Which mm-hmm. gets it gets me excited because I think Kyrie's going to have an off game or two. You know, he's got he's going to have the deep boy covering him. And I mean, between Jalen and Marcus, you know their agenda is to lock Kyrie down. That's what they want. And Derek White's a very, very feisty defender. Kyrie's going to be, I mean, has such a tough matchup. So I think we're going to have an off game of Kyrie or two, which is bad news for the Nets because I think, the, I think Durant and Irving literally need to be perfect for Brooklyn to make this a series. And the crazy thing is they were just that in the play-in game. I know that's Cleveland, but they were almost perfect from the field combined, the two of them. Absolutely, and which is crazy. They, they won by seven points after Durant and Irving went perfect, and Bruce Brown was playing out of his mind on those pick and rolls. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's terrifying if you ask me if you're a Nets fan because mm-hmm. Irving's not going to go perfect in the Celtics here. So the Celtics defense, quite frankly, is too good for Brooklyn to go perfect. At the same time, like, I I don't necessarily think – I mean, Durant, we saw the defenders. We'll, we'll get in Katie's cage a little bit. I don't think anyone can stop Kevin Durant, but we can maybe rattle him a little, little bit. Not much, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, makes me hopeful that – I mean, I don't want to take too much away from that playing game with, with Cleveland. At the same time, Cleveland was getting so many wide open – if you watch their game closely, Cleveland was getting so many wide open shots, shots at the rim. They were just missing them and, you know – playing terrible defense and there was still a close game somehow. Mm-hmm. I back to just want to wrap up my point on the nets and, and the bench. I, I think it's important that guys like, I know Cam Thomas hasn't been in the rotation as much of late, but that's a guy that prov- provided quality scoring off the bench when the nets were stricken by COVID Kess, uh, Kessel Edwards is, I believe the guy that they're kind of leaning on now off the bench as their go-to shooter, whoever it may be, they need guys to come off the bench and provide quality minutes if they want to keep this series. Otherwise, they have to pray, like you said, for Irving and Durant to just be perfect and gods. Uh, But it's possible. So we'll see. The Celtics, my key for them is how it's kind of similar. How much can the Celtics shorten their rotation to compensate for no Rob Williams likely. I did hear that there is a chance that Rob Williams could be back in time before the end of this series. Uh, I don't know how much that's, I really believe in that given the initial injury timeline, uh, they would be pushing it. He, he would be really pushing the four week timeline if he were to come back for this series. Um, so I, I highly doubt you see him at all in this series. And that's, and that's the last thing you want to do is rush Rob back because as much as I want to win a title this year, if Rob's not re- if you, you don't want to bring him back too early, have him like tear an ACL or tear the MCL even worse. Cause mm-hmm. like, that's what makes Rob Williams so great is that he's the most expe- explosive athlete on planet earth. And if he's not that explosive, then he's probably, I mean, he's not going to be the same player, which is obviously an issue. And you don't want to ruin the next, what, six, seven years of explosiveness because you tried bringing him back early for one playoff series. Like I get it. We want to win at the same time. You got to be smart about it. Yep. 100% agree. So how do they, how do they adjust in a playoff setting without him? And I think shortening the rotation is probably what you're going to see. I I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I'm guessing Udoka is going to trim it to eight people tops 
bring Derek White, Grant Williams, and Peyton Pritchard off the bench, and that's pretty much going to be it. Uh, and honestly, that might not be the worst thing in the world. Luckily, the Celtics have been able to kind of have the depth to not have to play guys too much. I know Jalen Brown has played a bunch of minutes. At one point, he was leading the league in minutes over a multi-month stretch. Uh, but with when the, when Tatum sits, the Celtics get outscored by about two points per 100 possessions. So trimming the rotation and playing the starters a little bit more to try and match Brooklyn might not be the worst thing in the world and only go deep into your bench if you absolutely need to because of foul trouble. Yeah, and you know, my 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 main thing is like you can't kill like I think we're going to win this series. I really do at the same time. You cannot play Tatum and Brown every minute cuz you have to turn around and then play Milwaukee for seven games and it's like you need to have them ready cuz Milwaukee's probably going to be resting. Mm-hmm. Which sucks, but it is what it is and quite frankly, I mean I think a Celtics rotation, like like you said, it's going to be trimmed to eight. And I, I think we're going to see the main thing is like without Rob there, the bright side is you can Al's Al can play the five. Al's fine at the five. We know Horford's a great. I mean, he's Horford's going to be great for when Drummond's on the floor because Horford can go sit in the perimeter and make Drummond go stand out there and try to guard him on the on those. And the middle's going to be wide open. I mean, Tatum's going to have whatever he wants at the rim, yeah. Unless Durant's chilling down there, but the thing about Durant is like. Durant needs to score 40 a game because if he doesn't, they're screwed. And then it's like, if he does score 40 a game, he's probably not going to be giving it all his all on defense, which means Tatum's going to have a way with whatever he wants to do, which is beautiful. So, I mean, there's that factor right there alone, which is like, all right, you know, can these guys – I mean, can Brooklyn even put up the – like what matches the Celtics big men? But at the same time, I'm with you. They, they trim the rotation down, and, you know, you put out the five – the other thing is if you need to go grant the small ball five, that's fine because I'm sure Durant's going to play small ball five for Brooklyn a little bit, mm-hmm. which works. And, you know, you just run a lineup of smart, white, brown, Tatum, Grant. You're still just as big as Brooklyn if Durant's at the five there. So you can roll that out. And, you know, I think Tice is going to be a big factor at the same time. If Tice isn't working and they're just picking on Tice on defense a little bit, then, you know, you can just put Tice in the bench and run Grant the small ball five. And I, I, I know we mentioned Pritchard in the playoff rotation. I think he'll get in there, but I think it's going to be very limited. Like, all right, we need you on the floor to stretch to stretch a little bit because otherwise I'm okay with the seven men, which is typically what a playoff rotation is. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, the, the player that I'm going to say is the X factor for the series is Al Horford because he is kind of the anchor now full heartedly the anchor of the defense on that back line. Like, obviously he's not the rim protector that Rob Williams is. We know that, but even without Robert Williams on the floor, the Celtics have a plus 7.1 net rating with Horford on the floor. And without Rob will, that was 13.2 when you had both Rob will and Horford. So obviously there's a significant drop off when you're not able to pair those two together, but the thing with Horford is, I mean, he's no, he's no spring chicken. Like the minutes are going to add up if he has to play 38 minutes a game. So it's going to be really important to see whether or not he can handle an increased workload. And if it, if it 
affects his play and efficiency on the court, both on offense and defense. If he can handle an increased workload in this series, especially if the series stretches long, I think that's a huge difference and can help the Celtics kind of ease the loss of Rob Will. But if if he can't take on an, a heavier workload in the playoffs and he's kind of has to sit around 30, 32 minutes and you've got to scrap together uh, a quarter, quarter and a half of bench play from either a small ball lineup or uh, Tice, Grant Will, how, however you will, uh, I, I think that could be tough. Yeah, I mean, the bright side is any bench player the Celtics have are way better than any bench player the Brooklyn Nets have. It's true. Which is, I mean, a huge advantage. But at the same time, yes, I'm with you. I, I can't tell who it's more of an advantage for. If you look at the schedule of the series, they really stretch that sucker out. I mean, they play game one on Sunday. Yep. And then they stay in Boston and they don't play again until Wednesday. It's like, what are they doing for three days? <laughs> it's like, it's like I don't know. That, I, think it, I think that gives Brooklyn an advantage maybe just because – if you're looking for like something with that, I don't know, maybe it's reaching, but it's like, well, if KD is going to play 42 minutes, at least he doesn't play for three more nights after that. Yeah. Now, kind of sucked, actually. I, I will say this. If Ben Simmons somehow shows his face, I would immediately say that could be a potential X factor for the Brooklyn Nets in the series as a whole. Not because I, I think he's just going to make the entire difference in the series, but if you it's more so how quickly would he be able to assimilate himself into that rotation into the nets? Like, would that just yeah. throw the entire team off? I mean, or I'm would sorry, they, would they just like, would the nets just seemingly just become killers in transition and be able to do things on both offense and defense with Simmons that they just weren't able to do without a guy like Ben Simmons. But we don't even know what kind of, version of Ben Simmons this would even be so there, there's just so many questions around Ben Simmons and and whether or not he's even going to show his face at all so squid now that the Celtics playoff road is officially set we know that they got Brooklyn round one probably looking at Milwaukee round two who knows what a conference finals matchup might look like but it's most likely either Miami or Philly do you like their chances of getting to the NBA finals, getting past Brooklyn, past Milwaukee, past a, a Miami or a Philly and getting a crack at a title. I mean, that's, here's the thing. Like that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I want to win an NBA finals. That is if they win this finals with that path, that is just one big boy NBA finals. Like, Last year, I, the two teams that were in it, to me, it was kind of like a Mickey Mouse finals for both of them because both teams kind of didn't really play shit until they got to see each other in the finals. Where this year, it's like the Celtics will have to go juggernaut after juggernaut after juggernaut after juggernaut. It's mm -hmm. like there's nothing easy about that at all. Like zero. Somehow, I still have the utmost confidence in the world <laughs> that they can get to the finals. I don't know if they can win it, but I think they can get to it because personally, I think Brooklyn – don't get me wrong. I'm nervous about the series because I could be saying all this shit with the confidence I have because I've seen them lose two games in four months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, obviously not, but they pretty much. Um, I think that they should get through Brooklyn, no problem. I kind of don't think Milwaukee's as good as last year. I think people are just riding the, oh, they won the finals, so we're going to respect them at the same time. 
Milwaukee lost key depth pieces from last year and they just, their bench is not the same. Mm-hmm. And then, so I think they can get through Milwaukee round three. I ha- I mean, if we get Philly, I will be oozing with confidence that we oh. are playing, that we are playing the 76ers in the conference finals. Like I, there's no chance we lose that series, but if it's Miami, I'll oh, gosh, Miami just kills me. I, I can't I, – I don't think I'll make it through another Miami series. No, Dude. that one was so tough to sit through. And not because it wasn't entertaining. It was just frustrating. I, 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 I truly don't think I can sit through another like, – actually watch that. I'll probably just hope – like I'll probably just check my like phone for updates because I don't know if I can bring myself to watch that series because <sighs> for whatever reason, Miami has some dark magic that they just like – play on us that they have our number and it kills me mm-hmm. kills me on the inside i don't want to see them in the conference finals however i think we probably will because i don't know i think philadelphia is a little fraudulent and miami's path should be pretty easy to get back to the conference finals um and you know in the nba finals i have no idea who it's going to be if it's phoenix great if it's golden state great they're both going to be or if, if it's someone else great i think the west finals will be just as tough as Milwaukee series. Phoenix is obviously really good, but I'd like to see what it comes down to when Chris Paul has a championship on the line. So, mm-hmm. you know, I for, for a very long answer there, I do think the Celtics can win the finals. It would probably go down as one of the better finals wins ever considering the path they would have. Yeah. It, if they, especially if they get, like, Phoenix in the, in the finals, like he said. That would be nuts. Chris Paul taking a second stab at his first ring. Uh, so, I... I'm kind of with you. Like I'm giving the, the Celtics the edge to, to get past Brooklyn on surface value going into the series. If they can get past Brooklyn quickly, then I, I would like their chances against Milwaukee being rested. If it gets stretched out because Milwaukee's likely going to take care of Chicago pretty quickly. I think if they have to play Brooklyn to seven games, and then turn around and start right away with a rested Milwaukee team. That that could be really tough early on. They might find themselves down uh, or splitting a, a first two games at home in that series. But at least with the two seed in tow, that does mean they do get home court these first two series against Brooklyn, against potentially Milwaukee. So there is at least that. But if if you can get to Milwaukee and you get Rob Will back by then, and he's fully healthy and able to be the guy that he was all season in the, the Depoy conversation, then I, I would like their chances of not only t- having beaten Brooklyn, t- then taking down the defending champions and p- potentially making it back to the finals for the first time in a while. So I, I just think you need a couple of things to bounce your way for sure, but... I do like their chances, presu- assuming Rob Will can get back into the fold after the Brooklyn series. Yeah. It's, sorry, my dog is puking in the background. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Something's coming up here. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, do, I do think that uh, – I, I think you make a good point about home, home court advantage. It's huge in the first two rounds because you're playing with two better teams there. Um, I mean, the biggest thing for me is like, one, if we can take care of, if we can take care of uh, Brooklyn faster, that would be great because 
then we have a better chance against Milwaukee. At the same time, our team's pretty young. The only person I really worry about is Horford. So I feel like they'll have a pretty good recovery there, which is good. And the other thing I love is that, you know, we have like one of the best road point differentials in NBA history. If you look up the advanced stats, which is amazing. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're an amazing road team. I think we'll at least take one game. And I went to the game last week in Milwaukee where we sat Tatum Brown and Rob and we still almost beat them. It's like, I don't know. And Milwaukee is playing everyone. I don't really think Milwaukee has our number. Every time we play them, it seems to be a, we seem to be able to defend Giannis pretty well. And I don't know. I think we have a good matchup against him personally. So I am not as scared of Milwaukee as most people are. So I think I like your point about the home court advantage. Mm-hmm. Now Milwaukee will be getting Brooke Lopez back. I think he returned for the, the season finale. If I remember correctly, after missing okay. most of the season, he was playing against us a couple weeks ago mm. uh, yes. in the game in Milwaukee. And that's mm-hmm. huge because I mean, we, we played him with Smart, Derek White, and Jalen Brown, and we almost beat him. We, we lost like three points in their arena. I, 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 don't, I don't fear Brooklyn. I mean, Milwaukee as much as most people do. But, hey, maybe they're just coasting and none of this matters to them and they'll turn it on. I have no idea. Yeah, last year they were, I think, just around top 10 in defensive efficiency in the league. And in the playoffs, they were number one. So that is a possibility that they kind of – they show that they're good, but they don't – show how truly good they are until it really matters. So that is definitely something to watch for. All right, let's go ahead and finally make a series prediction for Brooklyn and Boston. So squid, tell me who you got and how many games. This is a tough one because, you know, this this is the hardest series prediction I think I've ever had because you either I'm really confident in the series or I'm just not confident at all. And I know we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think we're going to win this series, but I, I don't, I could see us winning in four. I could see us losing in seven. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go Boston in six, I think. Take it in Brooklyn. Uh, at like, I, I guess I don't know. Boston in six, but I wouldn't be surprised if we just handle them real easy. I'm going to go Boston in seven. I think they're going to split the first four, like one apiece at each place then you're going to see the home team win the last three. So I'll take Boston in seven. Hopefully Rob will is available at for game seven. That would be nice. But if not, I'm still going to lean Celtics just because they, the deeper team, better coach team, more the best defensive team in the league by opponents points per game. That means something, even if you are missing one of your best, if not your best defenders. Uh, I don't know if my little heart could handle that. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I don't want it's gonna be painful no it 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 would uh it would be stressed to the max i i can definitely say that for sure hey i like that you mentioned Udoka real quick just because he was the nets assist- i mean he was the nets assistant coach last year mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, knows, he knows what they do so that is that an advantage for us you would think so uh, we'll see if steve nash has uh changed anything up seriously in in the playoffs but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and give our picks for the remainder of the postseason and give any other thoughts we have on the remaining playoff teams. So let's let's keep it in the East squid. Let's start with the one seed, the Miami Heat. They're going to be playing whoever the eight seed is. I think the 8-9 game is tomorrow night as we record on Thursday. Uh, it's either going to be the Atlanta Hawks or the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do you think either of those teams can give the Heat a fight in a seven-game series, or should the Heat handle business? 
Great question. Uh, I, I'll, I'll announce now the Hawks are winning that game. Um, mm-hmm. No one needs to watch if you, if you don't want to waste your time. Uh, I think the Hawks could <laughs> destroy them. Uh, I actually think the Hawks are going to give Miami a great series. The Hawks went to the conference finals last year for good reasons because Trey Young and sporting cast, DeAndre Hunter's playing really good right now. Herter's shooting the ball great. I think the Hawks were like 20 and eight to end the year, which is a big mm-hmm. turnaround. They've been playing some awesome basketball. I think that's a nightmare matchup for Miami round one. I, I don't know if they'll beat them, but I think, oh man, I'm give me give me heat in seven, but I'm not surprised if the if the Hawks beat them. Mm-hmm. I've got Miami in six because I also believe Atlanta will win that game. If Cleveland somehow pulls it off, I think Miami can take them out in five or maybe even a I'm with clean you. sweep. Yeah. But clean. if it's Atlanta, oh, I definitely think that series goes at least six, if not seven. But I still think Miami you. should be able to pull it out. Maybe. Milwaukee and Chicago. Uh, Chicago has completely fallen off. They were my preseason kind of sentimental, like this is they're going to be great in the regular season, don't know what they're going to be in the playoffs. Well, they crapped the bed before they could even get to the playoffs, fell all the way from the one seed down to the six, and they just look utterly dysfunctional outside of DeMar DeRozan heroics. So do you think the – Bucks will have any trouble taking out the Bulls? Or do you think there's some fight left in Chicago? I got Bucks with a gentleman sweep, so five games. Uh, I think DeRozan will just DeRozan Levine will have one game where they hit a lot of shots, and they beat their they beat a top three team in the conference for the first time all year in a single game. <laughs> so I give, give me the Bucks in five games. It's crazy. The Bulls, I think it's it's funny you bring that up. The Bulls are one in fourteen against the top four teams in the Eastern Conference this year. That is so putrid. Like that is that is that is so bad. Like and the one just, and the one that they won was early in the year against the Celtics when they were a mess. Yeah. So I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna I, I just don't have any faith in Chicago. So I actually have Milwaukee's clean sweeping the Bulls. I'm not even giving a give them a gentleman's sweep on this one. Milwaukee in four. And then lastly, Philly and Toronto. This one is interesting because with the Canadian vaccination requirements, it's already been announced that uh, Tyrese uh, Thibel or Matisse Thibel will be out for the games in Toronto. We don't know if anyone else will be out quite yet, but it's going to be an interesting series nonetheless because Toronto played some really great basketball down the stretch. So, Squid, do you think the Raptors can give Harden and Embiid a fight here in the first round? Man, I'm going to bathe in this in just watching Philadelphia play this postseason because there's two things I hate in life. It's Philadelphia and James Harden, and they're together, <laughs> so I will bathe in their failures. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's a bad matchup for Toronto only because Toronto, the one position they lack is big men. Yeah. Uh, it's just they, they, who's covering MB that I, I mean, sure. They can throw three guys at him, but it's like, they have no one to cover him. He's going to get to the line a million times. I, it's a popular pick for Toronto to be picked over Philadelphia, but I think Philadelphia beats them in six games. Mm-hmm. I, I actually have Philly in six as well. I, I just think Harden and Embiid have played well together. I know it hasn't been fantastic. It hasn't been all great, but and they still have a ton to prove in the playoffs, but against a Toronto team that, like you said, they've got no answer for Embiid. 
and Harden should also be able to get to the line at will. It'll be some greasy basketball, but Philly should be able to take care of business, at least in round one. Let's move over to the Western Conference. Start with the top seed, Phoenix Suns, best record in the league by a long shot. They had eight games over the next best team in the league. They're going to get either, I believe, the Pelicans or the Clippers. I personally don't see either of these teams really putting up much of a fight, but I think that either team could steal a game from Phoenix. So I got Phoenix at five. Yeah, Regardless. great question. It's hard to give an opinion on the series because, you know, I, I think it's lurking in the weeds. I just think it's how the player is. I personally believe the Clippers are going to win this playing game, and I don't think anyone wants to admit it. No one talks about Kawhi Leonard and when he's – like what his injury updates are. It hasn't been talked mm-hmm. about. Like he, the team yeah. doesn't need anything. My dream scenario is, oh, oh Kawhi Leonard's back. And all of a sudden, <laughs> seven games, Suns, Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and their full cast of – I mean, they have a great bench. That would yeah. – all if Kawhi's in good shape, which he could be, that could all of a sudden be a series. Mm. Um, so if it's New Orleans – I think that's going to be a clean sweep. If, uh, if the Clippers, if it's the Clippers without Kawhi, give me Suns and Suns and five. But if for some somehow Kawhi comes back, I think that thing's going seven. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that caveat for sure. I, I don't think he's coming back just because it's it's been over a year now and we still haven't seen or heard from him. So it would be shocking to all of a sudden see him pop up on the injury report is like day to day or something like that. Uh, so I don't, me. I don't know. Yeah. You never know. It'd be one of the few cases where you don't see them uh, showing their hand uh, early. Let's move on. Memphis. They will be playing the seven seed, the Minnesota Timberwolves who beat the Clippers in the seven, eight play in game. This should be a very fun series. If you ask me, you got a lot of young up-and-coming superstars between John Morant, Anthony Edwards, Cat. I mean, the list goes on. Who do you like in this series? Is is Memphis going? Is just Memphis just too much better across the board than the T Wolves? Or can Minnesota actually give Memphis a fight and and show them that they can they're on their level? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's I'm gonna refer to the series as the Instagram series because you're gonna see just a million highlights of the series, like John Morant Donk, Anthony Edwards Donk, Carl Cat doing something cool, Pat Beverly yelling, you know. This is gonna be the Instagram <laughs> series where you're just seeing highlights of these of this game everywhere. But when you actually watch it, it's like, oh, this guy was four for sixteen. Why is he getting a million highlights? It's like <laughs> classic. Uh yeah, I, I think I think um Memphis wins the series, but I think it actually goes long. They're both young teams, and neither of these teams want to play. If you remember last year, Memphis was in the play, and it's not like they're like, like yeah, they've been good this year, but it doesn't mean they're like these world beaters now. They've had a good like, – postseason basketball slows down. You play the same team several times in a row. It's different. And, you know, until Memphis actually does it, I want to – you know, I think they're going to figure out a formula to get in front of John Morant. And I think – I don't know. I think – who's the best player in the series? Is it probably Ja, but Carlton Towns is pretty damn good at basketball. Yeah, best oh. shooter ever for a seven footer. Yeah, to so him. I, mean, um, I think Memphis wins the series, but I think it's going to go six. I think it's going to go six or seven. Give me 
Memphis and Memphis and six. I concur with you. I've also got the Grizzlies in six. I, for a lot of the same reasons, I just think that while Memphis played so dang well in the regular season, and that was without John Morant for stretches, mind you, they've, you've, you've got to look and, and like you said, and understand they don't have any playoff history, like in terms of recent success that says they're ready to just all of a sudden blow people out the door. So I'm not saying Minnesota is going to be that team to kind of give them a, a reality check and show that they're not ready to get there and kind of upset them. But I definitely think Minnesota can take a game or two. So I will take Memphis in six here. Like it. In the three, six matchup in the West, it's golden state taking on Denver golden state. They've got most of their guys back, but they haven't had their entire starting lineup pretty much all season together at the same time. You've had Curry go out. When Curry comes back, Draymond gets hurt. When Draymond gets hurt, Clay is is back. When Clay gets kind of is out, it, it's just this never-ending circle where one of them gets hurt, the other one comes back, and another one gets hurt. And they just they haven't been able to share the floor. I think I think the the opening night project or at least the projected starting lineup for the Warriors has played a cumulative of eleven seconds together. Yep. If you add Looney and Wiggins to Curry, Thompson, and Draymond, which is insane. And I think the the trio of those three, the big the Warriors big three, has played like seven minutes together to get on the floor cumulatively all season. So I'm it's the Warriors. Those three have played together for years, so I'm not terribly concerned about it, but I mean, they have gone the entire season without playing with each other. So it could, and yeah, and there's still the three seeds. So it could become a factor in the playoffs. I doubt it, but in a matchup with the defending MVP, Nikola Jokic, who right now doesn't have any help because Jamal Murray's still out and Michael Porter Jr. has been out almost all season. And yet he's willed Denver into a top six spot in the West. Who do you like in this one? I mean, I think the backcourt of Compazzo and uh, Bones Highland is way better than Poole and Curry and Clay Thompson, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, there, there's just no chance for Denver here. I'm sorry, Denver. You have the reigning MVP. There's no chance. I, I got, I got Golden State in five. You know, I'm, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say that Denver is actually going to extend this series big time. And I'm going to say Golden State, but in seven. I've got a funny wow. feeling Jokic is going to steal a game or two on his own and that they'll have a w- one game where they'll have a total team performance and the Warriors will just have a clunker shooting from the field. So I've, I've actually got Golden State, but in seven. My, my X factor for that series, like Jordan Poole has been so damn good for Golden State. Mm-hmm. If Curry, Clay, and Draymond are being their usual selves, which lately they, I mean, Curry's been hurt, but I think they will be. Jordan Poole is such a ridiculous weapon to have off the bench. It's like, it's crazy. My Michigan, my, my Michigan boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely going to be in the running for most improved if, if he hasn't already locked that up. And then the final matchup in the West in the first round is Utah and Dallas. 
This one, I think, heavily depends on the status of Luka Doncic. He strained his calf in the regular season finale. Reports suggest that it's not too significant of an injury, but did not go as far as to say whether or not he would be 100% by the start of the playoffs. So with that in mind, who do you like in this series? Good question. Uh, I, oh man, I think this thing's probably going to go seven either way, just because, I mean, I don't trust Utah at all. They're just, they're just not it. Um, they're just a regular season team, in my opinion. But at the same time, Doncic is hurt. It favors the Mavs that the series is stretched out once again because that will allow Luka time to come back. I think Luka will be back by game two. Give me the Mavs in seven on, like, some rid- ridiculous Luka, like, winning shot in the last <sighs> last 20 seconds. And that, that would be a callback to, what was it, two years ago or last year? He, he had that ridiculous buzzer beater that either won a game or forced overtime. Yeah. Uh, just he's built for the playoffs. The problem is I have a bad feeling that there, he's going to try and play game one and he's going to end up worsening the This is going to be a nagging injury for him that he's just going to try and play through and it's not going to heal. And I feel like it's going to affect, it's going to, it's going to hurt him. His efficiency is going to be down. The usage will still be there, but I just, I have a bad feeling that this is going to cost them the series and I've actually got Utah in six. They're the only bottom five team I've got, or non-top four seed advancing. But it's by the only, way, it's only for because of Doncic injury. I, I I agree with that. Don like that's tough. He's not he's not going to get better soon. I, I'm noticing a trend here. Everyone's like, "What's Lucas Flaw?" I'm like, a lot of people say defense, which is like he's not a good defender, but he's not terrible. Lucas, if you look every single postseason for the last three postseasons, Lucas hurt right at the start of the postseason. It's mm. happened three years in a row now. <laughs> I don't think people talk about him. He doesn't condition his body. He doesn't know like he doesn't, he comes into the season out of shape and thinks his talents will carry him. Like if Lucas serious about being this, cause he has the talents to be a all time, like maybe top 10 player ever, if he wins enough titles, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't start taking care of his body, seriously, he's going to kind of take the James Harden career path. Oh, don't don't start that. He do not let's not start those comp, comps just yet. But uh, need to take care of his body. It's true. Every year, everyone talks about how out of condition, out of shape he is. So he's got to change that narrative for sure. All right, let's quickly go through the remaining rounds and give our picks for that. So we're pretty much gonna have the same matchups in the second round. You and I both have Miami taking on Philly and Boston taking on Milwaukee. Who do you like in each of those series or potential oh, series? Man. Uh, um, I like Boston over Milwaukee in seven games. I think the home Boston's got the best home crowd in the NBA. I'm not saying this because I'm a Bostonian. I'm saying this because Boston does have the best home crowd in the NBA. Um, the only place I've ever really heard get louder is Oracle in 2017 or 2016, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like Boston's got the best home crowd. They're a better, I think they're a better basketball team. Rob's going to come back for round two. And I think Boston takes care of Milwaukee in seven. Okay. What about Miami and Philly? <sighs> this, I, I, I don't I, like, I'm, it's going to be such an enjoyable series. Cause I think this is going to be the, 
this is going to be the story that writes Harden's career. It's like, we've obviously know where Harden's been. It's like every year he chokes, but it's like maybe this year, maybe this year he's with the MVP. He's a big man. He's a little different. I don't know. Am I dumb to believe that they're, that Philadelphia is going to be, I think Philadelphia is going to beat him. I don't know why I think that because maybe it's because I don't trust Miami because they don't have a number one score. I don't know. I give me the, give me the Philadelphia 76ers in six games. Ooh, okay. I've got both of those series going seven. I agree with you. I'm going to take Boston, but I am going to take Miami in seven. I, I think the narrative of Philly just not being able to get over the hump is going to continue. And the Harden is a playoff choker is, is just going to be ramped up through the roof. Now, in the West, we both would have Phoenix taking on I, – I believe you said you've got Phoenix and Dallas, right? Correct. All right. So you've got Phoenix and Dallas, and you've got Memphis and Golden State. Who do you like in those two matchups? I, oh, man. Um, Dallas has been playing some inspiring basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean – it, it really depends on the – it depends on the health of Luka Doncic because if – I've been reading stuff that's saying it's not as bad as people think. It's actually just a minor strain. I actually think Dallas plays it smart. They, they're going to steal a game without Luka the, uh, in the first two games, let him sit for the next week, and they're going to beat Utah quick. I mean, they're going to beat Utah with Doncic actually missing two games, and I think Luka's going to be healthy for round two, and that thing's going seven. Um They've been playing some inspiring basketball. I'm taking the upset of all upsets and in, in, uh, the Mavs beat them. Wow. Okay. Okay. And what about Memphis and Golden State? I have Golden State in six. Ooh, okay. So we are very much differing now, which is, is which is good. So – Obviously, with my narrative, I've got Phoenix and Utah. I just I have my doubts about Doncic being able to stay healthy and get his team past even Utah. Uh, so I've got Phoenix, Utah. I like Phoenix easily in this one. I have Phoenix in five. And then Memphis, Golden State. I think if Memphis gets by Minnesota and they're able to do so in five or six games, I think that's going to give them the confidence to hang with Golden State, and I think this is where Memphis puts themselves on the map, and they take down Golden State in six. So I've got Phoenix and Memphis advancing, which means for you, your Eastern Conference Finals is Philly and Boston, and your Western Conference Finals matchup is Dallas and Golden State. Yep. All right. Who you got? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know why I'm doing this because I, I really don't I, – I don't believe in Philadelphia or, <laughs> or – I mean, at all necessarily. But You just want to see this. You're trying to will it into, into existence. I can respect that. I mean, this is probably a personal narrative thing. This is just what I want to happen. But, hey, let's have some fun. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I truly believe Boston is just – meant to destroy Philadelphia in life. That's just all that's meant to happen. <laughs> Boston just owns Philadelphia. And 
I, I like I like the Celtics in five games. Hmm. Yeah, if that if that's the matchup, I I one hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Give me Boston in the NBA Finals. Now, who would they be playing? Oh, you know, I think Luca's going to make this awesome run. I don't want Luca to get to the finals because Dallas has our number. Um, give me a fully healthy Golden State Warriors. Steph okay. Curry's back. Clay Thompson's hitting threes. Draymond's doing Draymond shit. Jordan Poole's awesome. Wiggins is playing good defense. Um, I like the Golden State Warriors getting back to the NBA Finals. Okay. Now, I in my conference finals, I have Miami taking on Boston, and I've got Phoenix taking on Memphis. I feel like, based off of where I'm at, I am envisioning a road where the Celtics have just been stretched to their absolute limit. Seven against Brooklyn, seven or six, uh, seven against, uh, seven against Milwaukee. Now they're playing Miami who beat them in the conference finals a couple years ago. I just have these doubts that they're going to be able to win all of these prolonged series. And so with Miami's championship experience from, from a few years ago, I actually am going to go with Miami in this one. I'm just going to say the Celtics just run out of gas in the conference finals and I'm going to go Miami in seven. That's so much pain. It it would break my heart to see it. And I hope I'm going to cry, (laughs) but I just, I just think the, the heat have, found a bunch of shooting off the bench. Tyler Hero is going to be the sixth man of the year, averaging over 20 points per game. Max Strauss has been a relevation. Duncan Robinson shoots the the three lights out. And Jimmy Butler, who had been notoriously shooting bricks from three all season, has suddenly, over the past three weeks, been shooting very well from three. If that continues, the Heat are dangerous. And they can go places. So I'm going to go Miami in seven over the Celtics in the conference finals. I'm going to go Memphis in six over Phoenix. I think Memphis is going to be super motivated in a conference finals matchup where the Suns, they're the underdogs now. And the Suns are the proverbial favorite, which is kind of the opposite from last year, where even though the Suns had a great record, it seemed like they were kind of the underdogs because they hadn't been there yet. Now they're the ones that have been there. They couldn't quite get the job done last year, but now Memphis is the underdog. And I think that's going to be a key factor in that series. I have the Memphis Grizzlies going to the NBA finals what? in six games over Phoenix. Wow. So that means you have Golden State and the our Boston Celtics in your NBA final scenario. And I have Miami and Memphis. I will what go a weird first. Final. I know. I know. I will get mine out of the way first. Miami will be the favorite. Not only were they the top seed, they won't have, they didn't have the better record between the two, but they will have home court. Uh, if I if I'm I think it goes by seeding, not by record. I'm not 100%. No, it goes by record. Goes by record. Then Memphis yeah. will have home court. Okay. So, regardless of that, I 
this this is a this is a whack pick. I, I can't believe I'm hitching my wagon to this, but I'm gonna go Memphis and six to win it all. I'm gonna say John Morant is gonna have one of the best NBA playoff runs of any guard in recent memory. And you're gonna see guys stepping up left and right in clutch situation, Desmond Bain, Triple J, you name it. Yeah. They're all going to chip in and play their part to a T. And Miami, this is where Miami, they're going to jump on Miami, go up 2-0, and Miami's just not going to be able to get back in. Memphis will steal one in Miami, and then I like Memphis to close it out in six over Miami. Okay, that's – I mean, I like I, – I, I like Memphis, and that would be cool. That would set up John Morant for this, like, is this guy the next Kobe-MJ? He's 20, 21 years old and just won an NBA. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't think he is – man, that would, be, that would be cool. I respect you for not picking Miami to win the finals because I would throw up everywhere if Miami won the NBA finals. <laughs> I'd hate them with a burning – I'd rather Philadelphia win the Miami. Oh. All I right. I, I, I can't. But you've got Boston and you've got Golden State. Are you going to make the homer pick? Or are you are you gonna are you gonna go Golden State adds another ring? My man, I usually when I do these, I don't I don't pick I don't pick Memphis to I mean I, I don't I don't pick the Homer pick when I when it gets down to the championship. Yeah, but the Boston Celtics have been one of the most impressive basketball teams I've ever seen. They just blow everyone out of the water since mm-hmm. the start of January. Something clicked. Something clicked with that team. I think the Boston Celtics are going to beat the Golden State Warriors in seven games in the NBA Finals. Jason Tatum is going to have an unbelievable playoff run. This is a homer pick, but it's going to be this playoff run that sends Jason Tatum to this at like to this next level of like this guy is going to be the face of the league for the next 10, 15, 10, 12 years, and I truly believe it's going to happen. The Celtics team has the best defense. They currently have the best offense. They have an amazing coach. They have the depoy they have I, I just think they have everything it takes to win an NBA finals. They have both sides of the floor, and I think they're gonna do it. I hope you're right. I hope you're right because it'll put the naysayers, the haters on on Tatum will have to cease and exist. They they will have nothing more to say in terms of like there will be no more. Oh, do you need to split JB and 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 JT? Can they coexist? Can they make a win a title together? Can they make it far? Or are they just, or they just, you know, playoff good, but not championship good. Right. I would, I would love that for nothing more than for banner 18. And delete this podcast. If we lose a five to Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll kind of hide. We'll kind of archive it real quick. No, honestly though, like I I really do think, I, I think we have the best, I think we have the best, uh, best defense and the best offense going right now. And I don't think anyone's going to stop. I actually, I would love for our, our, our opinions to meet in the middle and Boston and Memphis to meet in the finals. That'd be sick. It, let me tell you, if Boston and Memphis meet in the finals, I will be in Memphis every single game. I'll meet you down there. And which means I'll meet you over at Boston as well. We're, we're going to all the games, squid hell to hell with it. <laughs> you have no, you have no idea how excited I am for this playoff run. Cause I'll just win the, title i'm going to be insufferable oh but in the best of way 
in the, the best, best of ways. ways. People that like people that like me in the Boston Celtics. So people <laughs> that don't like the Celtics are going to want to murder me. <laughs> Especially in Wisconsin. Hey, hey, that's a them problem, not a you problem. problem. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it here, though. Squid, you got any final thoughts before we call it a wrap? Uh, let's, let's enjoy the, you know, I was, I, I loved Jason Tatum before he became the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. So let's enjoy the playoff run when he inevitably does it. And, uh, People are going to be hating me later on, but let's let's uh let's get excited for the playoffs because I think it's going to be amazing for us. Banner 18 on the way. Hell yeah! Game one for the Celtics kicks off this Sunday at I believe it's three thirty Eastern, two thirty Central on ABC. Game one in Boston between the Celtics and Nets. But that's going to do it for this edition of Fixing the Tots Sports. Before Squid, I am Ryan Brown, and we will see you next time.